Happy New Year to all of our campuses, everybody, Grace Family Church, what's going on? Wherever you are, online, wherever, we're glad that you are with us. Hernando County Correctional, all over the place, all our campuses, we're just glad you're with us here in 2020. It is weird saying it's 2020. When I was a kid, I kind of thought in 2020 we would have like flying cars and robot helpers around the house and really kind of where we ended up is we have electric cars and they're not near as cool uh, and we don't really have robot helpers around the house instead we have speakers and phones all around our house listening to us and then sending us creepy internet ads when we mention certain things <laughs> which I hate when that happens like you're talking about something it pops up and they're, and they're all like we're do, we don't do that and I'm like, sure right sure you don't you know kind of a thing so you know it, it's where we are in 2020 it's a start right it's a start I feel like Everyone is looking for that fresh start in 2020. I know I need one. I ate so much pork over Christmas break that my hands turned into hot dogs. I got so swollen. Never had this happen before. I got so swollen for like two or three days that I was oinking in my sleep, literally, for like two days. It was just too much. I need a reboot. I don't know about you. That's just where I'm at. Uh, sometimes you just get bad habits, right? And, and this is that time of year where we kind of focus on, okay, let's get rid of the bad habits. Let's get some better habits in our life. Let's move forward. Usually for me, every year is something like, well, I need to exercise more. Or I need to pray more. This year, I'm kind of like, yeah, all of it. Like all of it. I just need a reset. I don't know, maybe that's you. I just need a reset in my life right now. Um, that's why I'm glad we're doing this series called You Plus. Because I, 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 like, I, would, I need an upgrade. I'd like to move on to the upgraded better version, right, than where I've been. And uh, that's where a lot of folks are at right now. And, and what we're going to do this month is we're going to be opening the scriptures, finding a new perspective and a new mindset for a new year. Because we know that, and you've heard this, when you want to make changes in your life, it's often the battle is in the mind. Right? You, you, you want to change the way you live. It all has to do with changing the way that you think, and, and we know that. But there, there's a book in the New Testament that doesn't just challenge the way we think. It challenges the way that we see ourselves. And I don't mean like it challenges the way that you see your habits or attitudes and typically things we're thinking about this, this time of year. It really challenges the way that you see yourself as a whole. It's a small book that says a lot of big things about our past, our limitations, about our worries, about our motives, about the conversations that we have, even the future. It, it kind of covers a lot of stuff. It's the book of Philippians. Now, if you're not familiar with it, Philippians is a small book in the New Testament. It's only four chapters. It's power-packed. And so what I'm going to encourage you to do this month, since it's only four chapters, is I'm going to encourage you to read the book of Philippians. I don't care how you read it, listen to it, wrap it, whatever you need to do, okay? But the book of Philippians, I want you to get into it. And here's the thing. Let's say you finish it and you go, okay, Matt, now what? Read again. <laughs> like, it's got some really good stuff in there for you. I really believe that. And what we're going to be doing each week is, is every week we're going to be sharing some different, some, some parts of Philippians that have impacted us personally. Every speaker is going to be talking about you know, verses that have changed the way that we think and changed the way that we live. What's interesting, though, about this book is Philippians was written in jail. That's weird. The author of Philippians, the Apostle Paul, 
was either in prison or in house arrest by the Roman government when he wrote this book. And, and, he, and probably in there for civil unrest, right, for preaching Christ, he got in jail a lot for this. He'd go out, start preaching, cause civil unrest, right? They'd lock him up for a while and, and, and that kind of stuff. It, it didn't do a great job of stopping him. But he's, he's jailed up during this time, and prison is not typically a joyful place. But this is the most joyful book in the entire Bible, the book of Philippians. How? Why? I mean, you're sitting thinking like, okay, but, but you're in jail. And, and I really think that when you hear this kind of stuff, you kind of think, okay, well, Paul obviously has some perspective on his life that we need a little bit of that in our lives. I mean, if this guy can write this in this situation, then I'm, I'm interested in how this guy's thinking and what he, you know, kind of way he's living. Because a lot of you right now in your life, there's some changes you want to make and some things you want to do, but you feel like there's a lot of things working against you. Right? There's some situations or maybe a person or just a season in life right now that's kind of working against you. And if that's the case, you can relate to Paul because Paul had a lot of things working against him. Yet he cranked out this joyful book. He cranked out this book of this like amazing ways to think and amazing ways to look at your life. And, and Paul really had two things working against him. Number one, like I mentioned, he's in prison. And number two, he had a horrible past. How bad was it? Well, okay, before he was one of the leaders of the church, he was named Saul. And Saul was a guy who basically was kind of like a Jewish bounty hunter. He actually hunted down the early church, tried to find where they would meet, and they would drag these people out and kill them. So he was literally a guy murdering some of the earlier Christians, and, and, and obviously he's traveling around, he's trying to take down this disruptive new religion that's moving around, and it can't seem to stop it, you know, those kind of things. And Saul was so driven, so driven, that God had to do something drastic to save him. And so what happens is Saul saw a vision of Jesus that absolutely changed his life. He surrendered his life to Jesus Christ, and then instead of traveling around killing Christians, he starts traveling around preaching Christ. And this is weird for the early Christians because they're happy for him, but at the same time, they're a little bit afraid of him, right? Because this is the guy like a few months ago was tricking us and killing us, and now he wants to be one of us. It's a little awkward. And, and unfortunately, he has this past he has to deal with in the present of kind of how am I going to move forward. And, and Paul had a hard life. I mean, alongside of being imprisoned and the persecution that came with preaching and all those kind of things, he has this past that he has to deal with. I mean, you think about this. You, you think there were times that he was getting ready to speak and he would have a flashback of trapping and murdering these Christians that he's about to speak to? I mean, do you ever think there was a moment in worship where he's singing and he would look over and see relatives of those that he murdered? That happened. Those are things that he had to deal with in real life all the time. And maybe you've got a past that kind of haunts you from time to time. You keep moving forward, but every once in a while, there's the ghost of the, you know, the past kind of waving at you every once in a while. And this was his life. And Paul had a lot of reasons to look at his life and think this. This is never going to work. It's just too much of a mess. You ever had that moment? You ever had some of those moments in your life where you look at everything and you just kind of look in the mirror and go, this is not going to work? This is a mess? I don't know how I'm going to ever get past, I don't know how we're ever going to move on or get past this. So what was Paul thinking? 
because his mindset kept him moving forward. All these things that could hold him back, yet he keeps forging forward. He keeps pushing the church forward. What in the world was driving him? How was he able to put that behind him? How was he able to do those kind of things? How can you move beyond the mess? How do you smile in jail? How do you have the confidence to keep moving forward when it seems like everything's pulling you backward? So I want to share with you, this is, again, one of my favorite passages out of this book. And this is what he said, and I think it's really the answer to this question. Look at what Paul said in Philippians 3.13. He says, brothers and sisters, I know that I have not yet reached that goal. He's going to tell what that goal is in just a second. But there is one thing I always do, forgetting the past and straining toward what's ahead. I keep trying to reach the goal, here it is, and get the prize for which God called me through Christ to the life above. Now what he's saying is, God has, has called me to do something in my life. There's a reason I'm alive, there's a purpose of why I'm here, and I don't know that I've hit all of it, I don't know that I've, you know, mission accomplished. But the only way I can keep doing it is I have to keep forgetting the past and straining toward what's ahead. So what Paul is telling you is like, you want to know what I'm doing in jail? What, what, what am I focusing my energy on? I'm focusing my energy on forgetting the past and moving forward to what's ahead. And I want to drill into that for a minute because I think there's something there that you need to see this weekend. Because the immediate pushback when you read a verse like that is you go, well, Matt, okay, I appreciate Paul and I love the Bible, but that's stupid. You can't forget the past. That doesn't even make sense. Matt, honestly, what am I supposed to do? So, so you're telling me Paul would just wake up one day and be like, was I a murderer? Do you remember? Like, you know, like, I mean, that kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? So one day I'm just going to wake up and, and just forget what happened to me or just forget what, what, what I maybe did to someone else. And I'm just going to wake up and forget that. Is that what you're saying? No. Here's the thing. This is where English Bibles don't cut it sometimes, right? And, and that's what we got because we speak English you know, and this is the Bible, right? But here's the problem. The word is not forget. <laughs> it just isn't, okay? In fact, it's a really deep Greek word that honestly, the reason why they just put forget is because they didn't want to write, put an asterisk and then put a bunch of sentences under it and be like, but we mean this, 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 this. And, and what the word, the word means, it has nothing to do with memory. It has everything to do with intentionality. Here's what the phrase really means if you said it. It's about the best way I could say it. He means this. I intentionally keep putting the past behind me. But you can see how that's a lot more words, right? So someone was like, eh, it's a little wordy, you know? But forget. But you lose it when you, when you don't see that. You kind of go, what, what, what was he saying? It kind of gets confused. And, and the thing is, here's what Paul's saying. I do not let my past in the driver's seat. I don't let my past even sit in the passenger seat. I have to intentionally make sure that my past is in the rear view mirror. I have to. That's what I have to do. See, the word is an active word. You keep doing it. I keep putting the past behind me. That's what Paul is saying. Because Paul realizes that if the past drives you, then the past defines you. And that's just not a situation he wanted. It's probably not a situation you really want either. So Paul says, listen, you cannot embrace the present 
or create the future if you keep reliving the past. And for some of you, the past is not a great place. Some bad situations, some bad things happened in the past. And I want you to understand that you may have been shaped by your past, but you are not defined by your past. That's one of the great things about Christianity, different than anything else. You are not defined by your past. And I recognize the difference of going, going well, I, Matt, I get that, but I'm not sure I can ever move on. I don't even know how to move on. But then there's also that thing deep down inside where you know that someday you have to. Or the past is going to eat the future alive. So I know I have to deal with it. I just don't know how to deal with it. For some of you, the past wasn't really negative. It was positive. Let's say you grew up in a very loving home. Or maybe your career has been successful. But you will never hear the music of the future if you keep replaying the cassettes of the past. And what's interesting is even if the past is a good thing, you're still not defined by your past. And it's weird. If you just keep going back to where you've been, you're never going to see what's next. And I think a lot of people kind of get in that cycle because they're afraid of the, of the future because the future might mean failure. Well, what, what if I fail or what if things collapse or things don't turn out well? I don't, I don't, I don't want to face that. So I'm just going to stay over here. But you can't. You, you can't create a future by trying to recreate the past. You just can't do that. It's interesting to me because the past is a great place to learn from. It's just not a great place to live from. It just stains everything that happens now. And what Paul is saying, is, I love it, he says, i got to focus my energy as I sit with shackles. i got to intentionally keep putting the past behind me. i got to remember that the past does not define me. That's where I've been, but that's not who I am anymore, and that's not where I'm going. And I've got to keep remembering that and push toward what's ahead. 700 years before Paul, there was a guy named Isaiah. Another guy wrote a book in the Bible. He agreed with him, and this is what he said here in Isaiah 43, 18. He says, forget about what's happened. There's that word again, forget. Not what you think, right? Intentionally push it behind. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. Because I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. What I love about this is this is where God speaks to us. And when we say, well, God, okay, you don't want me to focus on the past, but I don't know what the future is. And heck, I'm not even sure what I'm doing today. So what am I supposed to focus on? And this is what God tells us. I love to answer that question. So what do we need to focus on? God's answer is very simple to us. If you want the future that I have for you, then you got to focus on me. If you want the future that God has for you, then that's exactly where you need to put your focus is on him. You focus on the one who brought you through the past, has everything you need for the present, and can be trusted with your future.
That's the one that you got to focus in on, right? And, and, and I mean, because God's looking at you saying, listen, I have the grace and the power that you need for whatever comes next. I've got you. And God says, I want to do something new in you. New in you. It's like God's telling you, I'm ready to move on if you will ever be ready to move on. I'm ready for you to come out of the old and into the new. If you have more memories of yesterday than dreams of tomorrow, then I'm ready to do something new in you. I'm ready. And it's interesting, during this time of year, I think it's great focusing on doing something new for you, right? That's what we do. We're like, I want to do this now. That's great. But focusing on doing what God, focusing on what God wants to do in you, that's even greater. Because there's a work that God wants to do in you, something new that he's ready to do. And that's going to unlock so much in your life. The present and the future, I can be a lot more optimistic about that knowing that God's working in me. Because here's the thing about the past. There's nothing left back there. I love nostalgia and I'm retro and I get it, but it's gone. You ever, you ever been back to some place from your past and you kind of remember it one way and then when you get there it's weird? And different, right? I remember after I graduated college, I went back to visit some friends that were still there, and it was weird. I just thought, this is not how I remember it. You know, I remember when I was single, I, I went on a date with a girl that I had dated in high school. She was way weirder than I remember. <laughs> I was like, how much trauma have you been through in the last few years to end up at this place? I was like, wow, you just, there's no point looking back, right? I, I, you ever been back to some place that you grew up and you don't even recognize it? Where's this building? Well, this is, where's the house we used to live? Where, 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 who are these people? Life moves on. And folks, we need to stop going back to wells that dried up a long time ago. There's no water there. There's nothing left. I want you to hear this. Everything that God wants to do in you is ahead of you. It's all ahead of you. It's not back there. Let me tell you, the healing that you're looking for is not in the past. The healing that you're looking for is ahead of you. It's ahead. God is offering you new life if you're ready to intentionally put the old life behind you. There's a lot of folks who made it to 2020, but they're not really here. They're still in 2015, 1999, 1979. But they're here in 2020, but they're not. And God's going, hey, once again, I'm ready to move on. Are you ready to move on? This is why a lot of people don't accept Jesus because they don't, they don't really think that God has the power to forgive the past. But I am telling you, if you accept the work of the cross of Jesus Christ and you look up at God and say, it's yours, you take the lead. You're not going to regret it. And here's the thing, you're going to see that God is ready to move on and the present can be changed and the future can be redeemed. But the question is, 
What does God want to do next in you? And am I focused more on where I've been than what he wants to do next? Now, I'm aware that there's some more scripture we can talk about in your bulletin, but that's enough. (laughs) Because honestly, if you just get this, this could change your year. It could be the best year of your life. Not focused on what's happened. Focused on where I'm going and what God wants to do in me. You know, we just sang these lyrics earlier. Just, we sang this. We sang, can't go back to the beginning. Nope, you can't. It's done. There's nothing there, right? Can't control what tomorrow will bring. No, you can't. We try. I love people who feel like they're in control. It's cute. It's like someone that believes in unicorns or something. You're like, oh, that's nice. You think you're in control? <laughs> you're not. You, don't, you have no idea. You, you cannot control what tomorrow will bring. But you know what? I can trust in the one who's in control of tomorrow. Hello, right? And all of a sudden, we, we put, but I know, we sing this, but I know here in the middle, the middle being between the past and the future, that's today, the present, talking about right now, I know here in the middle is the place where you promised to be. Whew. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask us, to sing that one more time. Notice I said I'm not going to ask you to leave early. I pray you get back at me if you leave early, okay? Because I'm telling you, we're going to sing one more time. That was gross. Anyway, sorry. But I mean it. Here's what I'm saying. I'm going to ask us to sing this one more time because here's what I believe you need to do. Before you do anything else in 2020, you need to make a proclamation over this year. You you need to talk to God and proclaim some truth again over your life and where you're headed because I want you to understand you are not defined by your past and you should not be afraid of the present you know why because what does the Bible say to you be alert be present in the present because God wants to do something new in you turn to the person to your left and tell them this God wants to do something new in you Now turn to the person on your right and tell them God wants to do something new in you. I love doing that because at every campus there's people who sit on the end and they have to say it to the floor. They're like, God wants to do something new in you. (laughs) I love it that we can focus on new habits in a new year, but honestly... You have everything you need if you will focus on him and what he wants to do in you. Because I want you to understand something. God is the key to not only redeeming the past, but restoring the present and reclaiming the future. So I want us to stand together. Before we sing, we're going to say something out loud together, okay? I want you to say this like you mean it. Repeat after me. My history. history. Okay, we're going to do that again. You need to talk like somebody who has a history, okay? (laughs) My history. My history history is not my future. future. The same God God who brought me me through my past past. has everything I need 
for the present. And I can trust him with my future. If you believe it, say amen. Now, let's pray. We're going to pray together really quick, and then we're going to sing it, and we're going to sing our hearts out and just proclaim, speak this truth over your life. You won't regret it. I'm telling you, there's so much God wants to do in you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we don't have to look back, that there's nothing left in the past for us, that it's only what's ahead, that everything you want to do in us is what's ahead of us. So God, we thank you for forgiveness, for redemption that you never give up on us, for your grace, for your forgiveness, for the hope that you give us. And Jesus, we stand on this truth today and we proclaim it loud and proud that we are thankful that you are not done with us yet. Don't let the time that we've already been through ruin the time that we have left. Jesus, help us to see you in the present and to proclaim you in the future.